Welcome to Homicide the Podcast. I am Kevin. And I'm Brandon. And we are the hosts of Homicide the Podcast. And this is episode five. Yay. Happy <laughs> Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. We hope that you are having a wonderful holiday. Well, it's not week. here yet. Week. Right. What a better way to celebrate your Thanksgiving than listening by... to Homicide the Podcast on a holiday that is based off of mass genocide. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Anna. Hello. We have Hi. Anna here with us again. Yay. Um, and we're missing Ethan again. Again. Mm. Oh, Ethan. He is still in Mexico City because really we're recording this on the exact same day. Um, You're not supposed but, to say that. I know, but I did. It's actually supposed to be the Tuesday before Thanksgiving right now. It's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> By Brandon, far one of like... The most boring holidays, I might say. I don't love Thanksgiving I don't myself. either. Like, I like the turkey food. is gross. And like my yeah. mom makes some really great turkey. I've made some great turkey. It's just gross. Yeah, we just yeah. don't do turkey at our Thanksgiving. We do brisket. Ooh. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, yeah, Kevin and I did our own Thanksgiving last year. We're gonna be doing it again this year too, yeah. and we're gonna be doing chicken because I'd much rather chicken. Yeah. Yeah. We used to go to well, we used to be at Brandon's house, and for a couple of years we went to my super super religious evangelical Christian family's Thanksgiving in Roswell, New Mexico. Like um, that sentence got worse as you spoke it, did. it. <laughs> and we will not be doing that again. Wait, you know what actually is hilarious? You know how I told you that I was talking to my grandfather on the way over here? Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> He was talking to me about Thanksgiving, and he was like, I was going to make a t-shirt that says LBGT. I don't know why. I think it's some sort of acronym that he made Thinks up for else? Thanksgiving. Oh. He knows the connection. Oh. But he It's like a joke. He thinks there's an acronym. I don't. I did not ask what the what the Were you like, okay. what they stood for, but he's somehow tying it back to our L-G-B-T. family, LGBT. Oh, I love that. And God. but he's like, but I'm not gonna do that because your aunt's not gonna like that. My aunt is not homophobic at all, but he like has it in his mind that she is. <laughs> and I was like, I think she'd be fine with I it. I think she's okay. <laughs> this is really funny. I love this because I totally know the accent you're talking about because Anna is from a certain part of Texas that I know about because it's not very far from Roswell. Yeah, it's pretty um, close. In general. So my biological dad, Mr. Kevin Talaska Sr. But he's not senior. He's just Kevin Talaska. He's not senior, yeah, <laughs> because his middle name is different than mine. But he always calls me and he's like, hello, Kevin. 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 Mine did not sound correct, but yours did. <laughs> hey, Kevin. Like I said, my hey, country Kevin. accent isn't too bad. It's not bad, yeah. No. But it's adorable. He's adorable. And he will be on the podcast at some point. I know, he's actually excited. Yeah, it's really, really funny. He's excited about it. And so yeah. are my parents who got, are getting super into it too. So yeah. I mean, is, my mom well, loved fun. it. Did she? Uh, and she's yeah. supreme. So, you know, yeah. homicide. We're here for, for parents. We're here <laughs> yes. for parents. Specifically. Yes. Our target audience is parents. Mm-hmm. Is parents. <laughs> <laughs> that is our target audience. But Kevin Talaska is cool. Not I mean, I'm cool too. That's that. Brandon, what are you yes. thankful for this Thanksgiving? You know, I'm thankful that we finally did this. I agree. You know, you know it's yeah. it's been fun to see the responses we've been getting, the reviews that are coming in. And if you haven't done one yet, you, I mean, you might as well just pause right here and yeah. do that. Yeah. But just seeing what people are saying and the energy and the community we're building within this. So to really those fun. who were like, you guys dream too much, you can go eat a pile of shit. Right. You know, it's really shitty. We've had people actually tell us that we dream too much mm-hmm. and <laughs> that we need to stop because we can't do everything. And we're like, 
but we no can. shit we can't do everything and we but are. we'll do some of it and here we are that's just don't they hear themselves when they're saying that it's like okay i don't know yeah. who knows Okay, so you're thankful for having our podcast. Yeah. I love that, Bob. What are you thankful for? I am thankful for a lot. I am thankful for our life that we created on our own. Because everything that we have and did is me and you. Yeah. Which is in the amazing people that support us around us in our in our circle. But yeah, I'm thankful to be able to have our house in Tampa. And I'm thankful to be able to live in the city. And, and to pursue acting more. And... So be the CEO of our incredible company and this podcast and you, and you're all my favorite things. human. Oh, ditto. Our pets. Yeah, everything. Thankful for all of it. So, Anna, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful it's going to be my niece's first Thanksgiving. Oh, Yay! fun. Oh, our nephew's going to have his first Thanksgiving, too. Yes! Yay! I'm going to call so, him yeah. Little B. Yeah, Little B's Thanksgiving is this. And, and what's Little what? Hey. Cora. Oh, Cora. We're going to say oh, her name. Okay, okay cool. we're going to say her name. Little C. <laughs> little C. Little C. <laughs> little C, Little B. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be... Oh, it is. Yeah, it is his first Thanksgiving, but we're not there. But it's okay. We'll see him at Christmas. Yeah. What else are you thankful for? Yeah. I'm thankful to work with you guys. <gasps> well done. <laughs> for my friends and family. Yes. For all the cats and the dogs. Every yes. single one of them. <laughs> that, yeah. That's all that. the little kitties and the doggies. <laughs> I know I love them too. Yes, just so we're just so full of thankful things. So much so that this episode is titled Thankful for Ta 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 Murder. Nope. <laughs> we're not. We're, we're not, not. But we are because it's our podcast. We're not thankful for it, but <laughs> we're But we're gonna capitalize on we're it. We're going to <laughs> do it anyways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um God, we are surrounded by our pets. I know. Martina Rita Fajita. Did you even see Kay in the camera? Yeah. Also known as Martina McBride, Martina McBriddle. And when she's bad, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yep. That's oh. That is a really big burn. insult. Sick burn. <laughs> so that's right. an insult. Right. I would never want to be titled that. No. Yeah. But it's Gross. only when she's really bad. Which one? Marty. Oh, yeah. Marty Farty. Because so, sometimes I call her Marjorie. You do. When she's bad. Marjorie I'm like, <gasps> Brandon. She's lifting her head up off the... I know. She's like, don't call like, me that. are you talking about? <laughs> Should we get to it? I think it's... Your turn to go Is first? it time? Yes. So for all of our listeners, grab your turkey and your cranberry sauce and your <laughs> corn and your stuffing and your juice. Juice? And let's dive in. I don't know. What do people drink at Thanksgiving? Wine? A lot. Like, why juice? That was just so... I don't know. Do you not like juice? Are you against juice? No, it's just a weird Ugh, beverage. Take to your say juice it. and shove it in your mouth. Okay. That's here typically we... <laughs> what you do with juice. So. <laughs> I sure True. will. True. All right. Well, episode five. If you're still following us, thank you. If you're new, please go back to episode one and listen all the way through. Have a binge moment. But every episode's come out every Tuesday, which is exciting. And that's that. Who goes first today? You. It is me? It is you. Tis I. <laughs> I'm ready. Tis. Thank you. Okay. My episode today is titled, Paul, You're an Asshole. <laughs> and not just my uncle. I just love... Just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> just kidding. My uncle. Talking about evangelical Christian Ugh, families. Yes. Actually, I have a really funny story about my uncle Paul that I just told my dad the other day, which I think is actually really funny. Do you <laughs> want to tell it, Brandon? Because you were in the car. Go for it. Okay. It's your mm, story. Maybe I shouldn't say it. Maybe not. Okay. My uncle was talking about my other uncle. No, I'm not going to say it. Nope, I'm going to say it. Okay, my uncle was talking about my other uncle in a bad way, and he goes, he's a cocksucker. And I went, well, so am I. 
<laughs> and he died. He died laughing. And He's I was like, like I was, didn't I didn't mean it like that. And I was like, but I do. But so. it's still a fact. Yeah. And then we laughed about it and then we moved on. Cool story, bro. I told my dad the other day and he thought it was really funny. <laughs> he was like, You're so witty. I'm like, Yeah, I got it from you, even though I didn't really grow up with you, but I got it from you, sir. So, okay, Paul, you're an asshole. Here we go. I just love that you title all of these. I know. I do. Because I'm like literally going through them and I'm like, oh, he's such an asshole. So I'm like, ooh. <laughs> okay, so this one's kind of fun. Well, wait. Okay, it's not fun. The murder I mean, is murder. not fun, but there's some elements. It's an interesting story. This is about Florida man, Paul Michael. Of course, Florida Merhij, man. Merhing, I don't know. Who murdered four people on Thanksgiving Day in 2009. Oh, that was oh very topical. Really I know. So. Wait, are these both Thanksgiving Day murders? Yes, they sure oh, are. Wow. It's Thanksgiving Day murders. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Okay, so I love this one because of the fact that it's called Florida Man. Do either of you know much about Florida Man in general? Well, yeah. I mean, you see it all over line. Florida Man this, Florida yeah. Man that. Okay. So do you know why Florida Man started? Florida's so messed up and they have like... These laws that let all of this news be shared. But yes, Brandon. Yeah, okay, right. so Florida Man. I was I was right for a moment. Yeah, well, ish. <laughs> so Rude. Florida Man was an internet meme that became popular in 2013 and refers to the alleged prevalence of people performing irrational or maniacal actions in the state of Florida. Maniacal. I know. I've maniacal. Never, you know, maniacal. It's probably maniacal. <laughs> I'm like maniacal. What is that? <laughs> Like, Brandon, I just pulled a U. You did. Yeah, this is the, the second time. I, know, I love it. Hey, watch, what I'm going to do I, perfect. What did I say? Time. Maniacal? Maniacal. Uh, maniacal. It's just, like, it's just like the time <laughs> Kevin was trying to talk to, uh, he was talking to me and he tried to say the word. Uh, Which one? I just, now I want to say it how you said it. We'll say it, it was facade, but he called it facade. Oh my God. <laughs> so funny. Now, every time I'm like, that's a gorgeous facade, Brandon's like, you mean a facade? I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. It was like, okay, I've always had a, not a, well, kind of, we're similar, Brandon, but I remember being in high school and I, you know, Bose speakers. Yep. <laughs> I thought it was called Bosey. <laughs> and one of my friends was such a bitch about it, who's not a friend anymore, but he was like, it's Bose. And I was like, sorry, I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Maniacal. So irrational or maniacal actions in the state of Florida. So why is Florida so weird? Brandon, you kind of touched on it a little bit. It's actually not much weirder than many other states, but it seems to be because of Florida's public records law. Yeah. Which by the way states that any person can inspect and copy public records. An individual does not need to state a purpose or special interest to obtain access to a record and does not need to present identification. So literally everything's just open. Yeah. Well, that's why there's a lot of like, a lot of those documentaries and true crime like shows mm-hmm. will focus yeah. on states like Florida. It's always Florida because and it's Colorado. easier to access that. Yeah, yeah. Colorado. And I think Colorado's the same. Always like on Florida all... just has this bad rap, which yeah. <laughs> it's Florida. Florida's a weird. I mean, to me, it is a weird state, and I live there part time. It's a it's a weird state yeah. for sure. But basically, details of everything weird is just accessible. That's yeah. what it is. So I wanted to include a, a few Florida man headlines, <laughs> which I put. My dad, Kevin, will get a kick out of this. So here are a few. Florida man threw live gator in Wendy's drive-thru window. <laughs> Inmate insists syringed pull from rectum aren't his. Oh. Drunken Florida Who man. Who else's are they? <laughs> Thank you. Drunken Florida man on Segway charged with DUI. Florida man tries to evade arrest by cartwheeling away from cops. <laughs> 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 That's the 
gayest thing I've ever heard. I know. Oh, fuck. I thought it was funny. Florida couple trapped in unlocked closet for two days. <laughs> Sounds about right. They must have been from Plant City. Uh, okay. Florida man posing as an officer pulls over an off-duty sheriff's deputy. Could you imagine? Florida man found with drugs after getting trapped in porta potty. Oh my gosh. Florida man drives a stolen truck to Space Force Base to warn of battle between aliens and dragons. <laughs> Florida man suspected of using private plane to draw giant radar penis. Oh. Which I love. A Florida man slaps woman with slice of pizza during argument. Well, maybe she deserved it. This makes me think of the TikTok trend, the right? Tortilla like slap. the tortilla slap, which <laughs> literally I think we need to do. Yeah, you said that fun. the other day. I'm like, it was like a year ago, so we're a little behind the curve. Oh my gosh, but... we can do a little edit and have the little slaps pizza and then do the little tortilla. Okay, love this a lot. Okay, Florida man uses stapler in attempt to rob Publix. <laughs> stapler? I mean, do you imagine like a little stapler gun or whatever? And he's like, pew, 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 pew. And it's like, pew. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot if you don't know Publix Publix is like the biggest fucking I almost said restaurant the grocery biggest grocery chain. chain in Florida they got which, some good pub subs I which you don't really love I, I don't do. I well listen I grew up in Colorado where Albertsons King Supers Safeway were all the grocery stores and so I don't know it's just Publix not isn't my favorite yeah but people in Florida love their Publix the murders so on the day of Thanksgiving in 2009, Paul went to his cousin-in-law's house in Jupiter, Florida, which Jupiter, Florida is like on the east in a little bit. It's yeah, like above it's like West Palm, Florida. but a significant it's still South West Florida Palm. area. Yeah. So uh, he went there with 17 other of his family members to celebrate Thanksgiving. Picture your own Thanksgiving with family members. It's like full of fun and... You know, most of the time you're not fighting. You're like I mean, I laughing. How, and I don't know if it's fun for everyone. But. No, it's not. But <laughs> like, if you think of like Thanksgiving. Traditional Thanksgiving. In films, you're like, oh, I wish I had that life or family. That is like what their Thanksgiving was. So they're like singing songs as a group and they're like laughing and, and talking and just having a great time. So everyone ends up eating dinner. And Paul was notably just doing what everybody else was doing. He's like laughing and talking and even singing with everybody else while they're doing these group sing-alongs, which uh, I want to do that. But Do people actually do that, group sing-alongs? Actually, yes. My ex, when I went to the one Christmas I went to, they all gathered around the piano and they were all fucking singing. And I was Why like, this is cool. Why does that feel very creepy? I <laughs> that think feels very creepy. I actually think it's super fun. It feels just like... I don't know. It's just, it feels cheesy. Well, you didn't grow gross. up with a no. family that did that. That's no, I mean, weird. we didn't. I mean, it's just, it's just weird to me. I don't know. Is it weird to you, Anna? I don't, I feel like a karaoke is one thing. Karaoke okay. is better. But. Not like, let's get around the yeah, piano. Yeah, everyone likes standing around the piano. It just feels very like. And like what. White thanks, people. And like what Thanksgiving <laughs> like, songs are like, there. Like posh. You know? I guess. Well, okay. So my ex was from Loveland, Colorado. And his family lived like in the foothills, and so they were bougie in this beautiful house. But it was like they all gathered around the piano and they started singing "Baby, It's Cold Outside." You know, like "Got to Get <laughs> that's, Away." That's like, that's all, like the, that's no, like the worst song to. Yeah. I actually, it is a horrible It's about song, like but, molesting a woman, isn't it? But I feel really weird because Sexual I remember assault. standing in the corner being like, "I'm gonna do that." <laughs> I love that I mean, family. don't like, get me wrong. I love outside. a campfire sing. Like I love like sure, sitting around the campfire sure, yeah. and like 
like at camp. Like, you too. Yeah. So Our fun. God is an awesome <laughs> God. Yes. From heaven. Yeah, that was okay, great. Ugh. Uh, anyway, no, but I actually agree. Like, especially sitting around a fire with an acoustic, which I yeah, that's don't all play. different. Yeah. All yeah. different scenarios than sure. everyone grouped around a piano. I mean, I thought it was. Great. I don't know. You know what? It works right. for some people, not for me. Wait, Ooh. have you ever been to <laughs> not for me? <laughs> Marina's Tavern or Maria's Tavern. Is it here in the city? Yeah. No. It's, well, it's a gay bar where Lights? that's what it is. It's just you, you, there's one piano and it's just a bunch of sounds people like, the duplex. like gathered around the piano singing and can drinking. We, See, can we go? Like you should go. Anna, you have a great point. Or maybe it's, it's my something tavern. It's like Did around just, Christopher Street. I just said we should go and you said you should go. Anna, I said. What do you mean? We, I said uh, you should go before you said we should go. Oh, she did. Oh, she fuck. Did. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to call you. I was like, ew, I want to go with you. <laughs> anyway, okay, well, now I feel awkward for <laughs> several things. Okay, so everyone was having their, you know, great awkward moment, I guess, according to all of you, by singing with everyone. But uh, maybe this is what led Paul to do what he did. But anyway, so... Um, He's like, this is so awkward. This is awful. I'm killing you all. I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> so anyway, after dinner, and after they all kind of had a great time, Paul ended up leaving the house just like instantly. And he was gone for a little bit, and then he returns to the house. Well, what's interesting is that upon his return, he returned with a gun in his hand and just started shooting. Oh, so, like, just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So he walks in and goes right for his two twin sisters, Carla and Lisa. And uh, Lisa was actually pregnant at the time. Oh my gosh! So he goes over and immediately just point blanks kills them, just shoots them both. He also shot his brother-in-law Patrick Knight, who ended uh, up needing to be placed into a medically induced coma for three months after the attack. Oh my gosh. So he, I think he shot him in the stomach, and then he ended up shooting Clifford Gabara, which was his fifty-two-year-old cousin. But his wounds were not life-threatening. So then he continued on his little rampage, ended up shooting his aunt, Ramona Joseph, who was like 79, I think, or 76 at the time, in her shoulder. And here's what's fucked up. Her husband runs over to her to help ex- stop the excessive bleeding from her shoulder. And he's crouching on the floor beside her. And Paul ends up just watching, walking over to her and shoots her. In the chest, killing her immediately. Oh, my gosh. While this other guy is, like, trying to help her. So then he turns... Oh, it's actually his uncle. So he turns the gun over to his uncle, but the gun actually didn't... It misfired twice. So his uncle did not get shot. Oh, my gosh. After that, he then decides, all right, I'm cool with with the adults that I've killed. Let me turn on the children. No. He walks to the room where his cousin-in-law's daughter, Michaela was sleeping and he enters her room shoots at her once then he exits the room she and, was just sleeping uh-huh, and thinks oh i should go back so he goes back to shoot her a second and third time to make sure she was dead she was shot in the back her hip and in her head she was six wow fuck you paul yeah after that he just stopped shooting and he got in his car and he drove off like nothing happened yep so he gets to the thanksgiving right it's is there with everybody eats this big meal Sings with everybody, all this shit, leaves, comes back, does the shooting, and then leaves again. After he left, family members ran over to a neighbor's home, starts banging on the door asking for help, which is who called 911. So 911's called, and the manhunt for him literally immediately started right then. During the attack on the family, some family, and there were 17 people there, 
So some family members recalled hearing him basically saying, I've waited 20 years to do this. I've waited 20 years to do this. What's interesting is... So there's obviously some harbored emotions. Yeah. So this was Jen Sitton's house, which I believe is his sister's husband. Maybe his cousin's. No, it was his cousin's house. (laughs) His cousin says, I actually didn't invite him to my house for Thanksgiving. I actually don't know who told him, but basically Paul's dad called to say, Hey, he's on his way. He needs directions. And so Jim was like, well, he's family. So, okay. Yeah. But he actually didn't invite him. Like, and he doesn't know who invited him to his house. I wonder if he was like angry that he wasn't invited. There's more. So he actually said that Paul rarely showed up to any family gatherings at all, that he had only met Paul twice and he hadn't seen him in over 10 years. Oh, wow. Until that night. It's believed that he met, Methodically, I almost said methodically, um, or whatever. Methodically picked off his victims, beginning with his twin sisters. Prosecutors issued an warrant, uh, or an warrant, an arrest warrant for four counts of first-degree murder and two counts of attempted first-degree murder against him. And then a ten thousand-dollar reward was uh, offered for information leading to his arrest. He was also featured on America's Most Wanted. So, January second, twenty ten, he was actually caught. At a Florida Keys motel. January 2nd. So this is like a, a little bit a little bit away. month. Yeah. Mm, no, yeah. Less than a month. No. It was oh, no. I'm, for some reason, November I was thinking it was Christmas. No, so yeah, yeah, it was January 2nd. Yeah. He was caught at a Florida Keys motel after an employee recognized him from the episode of America's Most Wanted. And it's so crazy how, much, in. how many cases got solved. I know. I know. Which, interestingly enough, I think that the host of that show started because his son was murdered, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He actually tried to disguise himself by shaving his hair. So he had a bald head. He grew out his beard and then he switched the license plates off of his car. And then where he was covered his car up with like a cover to hide his vehicle, which I thought was really interesting. So this motherfucker was, yeah. When he was arrested, he immediately accepted a plea deal to spare him from the death penalty in Florida, because that is still, but why would they give him a plea deal? I don't know. Because if he's, don't know. if they already know that he did it, there's all of these well, accounts of him doing it. Because I think that they will often offer a plea deal to avoid trial in general. Oh, yeah. Instead of bringing it to the to Yeah, because there was other articles that were like the family was not happy with him being offered a plea deal and wanted him to go through trial because they wanted him to get the death penalty. I mean, yeah. General. Yeah, which I makes mean, sense. I mean, it sounds like so he should. he pled guilty to the murder and attempted murder charges in exchange for seven life sentences, but he also agreed to waive any p- opportunities to appeal. So, so he's, he's like, just going to be in prison in the rest, prison of, his rest of his life. Yeah. The pro- prosecutors claimed prosecutors claimed that it was premeditated murder because he actually purchased four guns and withdrew $12,000 in preparation for the killings. Mm. Well, I mean, and he said how he's been waiting for so long. So mm-hmm. that's obviously he was thinking about it for a very long time. Yeah. So what's interesting too is that medical records were actually released by prosecutors after he accepted his life in prison to avoid the, the death penalty for the massacre. And it's records actually showed that he told a therapist in 1998 that he felt that his family was obligated to take care of him and thought he deserved to move back in with his parents because he believed that his family needed to suffer with him because uh, he had some no. mental and ill shit. Yeah. So then April of That's 1999, yeah, April 1999, he tried to kill himself with a gunshot to the chest that grazed one of his lungs. So he actually tried, shot himself and lived. And then in 2000, he sought protection from police after he accused one of his sisters for trying to kill him, but then dropped the request for the restraining order. And then he once again attempted suicide in 2005 by swallowing all of his pills 
that he had uh, that were left in his medicine cabinet. Unsuccessful. 2006, Carla, his sister, requested a restraining order against her brother after he lunged at her and threatened to slit her throat. But she canceled her request a few weeks later, too. Why? I don't know. So it's interesting, too, in, in family therapy sessions, I guess, the twin sisters said that they previously... I have a long hair. That is not the right word. But uh, sorry, you have a long what? I have the word along, which is not the oh, right word. Oh, I thought you said you had a long <laughs> hair. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? I have a long hair here. No, that they basically said that they were afraid of their brother after his first severe bout of depression when he was 19. Basically, his twin sisters said that they got along with him. That's what it was supposed to say with her brother before his first severe bout of depression when he was 19. Mm-hmm. But then after that, the relationship actually deteriorated. So he really wasn't supposed to be at this family event for Thanksgiving. But they well, and I'm sure the fact that he him. wasn't invited probably set him off too. And then getting an invite secondhand. Yeah. And it's sad too. So the victims were Lisa Knight, which uh, was one of his twin sisters, not his twin, but he had a, tw- a set of twin sisters. Yeah. Lisa Knight, she was 33. Carla with the same last name as him, 33. And then his aunt was 76. And then Michaela was six, which was like his awful. yeah cousin's daughter. So it's really interesting too. The story, it's not that intense, but it's the, the concept of, you know, Just you're being at Thanksgiving with family dinner. singing around Yeah, the piano and we all have like shot. family members that you're like, oof, my goodness, <laughs> right? Where you're like, I do not want them to come. And then they come and it's maybe a little bit awkward or whatever. But what's interesting too is that they were like, all right, well, we... He wasn't invited. Like, we don't know him that well. His sister's like, ugh. But they let him join because he was family. And then he ended up just fucking walking back and just killing them all. God. Which is horrible. And like saying, I've waited 20 years to do this, and it was clearly premeditated, and and then him like escaping, right, and changing his identity and doing all that shit was just like, wow. Yeah, he planned Um, it. It was totally planned. Yeah, he planned it. But this is also why America's Most Wanted, I don't know if it's still on now, I hope so. But it was really powerful. It brought a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, too. They showed him no, that it's person. Not it's not. But the employee recognized him from that episode and got him. So that was solved quite, I mean, like, a, what, a month? It was pretty quick. Yeah. But it's just scary that, and, and here's the thing about mental illness in general. Access to guns <laughs> is not great. And I know that people, you know, whatever side of the debate that you're on, mental illness is a major thing. And I think that when they took away mental um, health facilities and asylums and all that kind of stuff, it was really stupid to do because I think that that has really caused a lot of yeah. rough I mean, stuff. At that point, those facilities were doing more damage at the time. Oh my God, they were testing and all this kind of shit. It was pretty bad. But I do think that there's, that we need to focus. There, there needs to be a focus on, on mental health in and the And this United was just 2009. States. Like yeah. I was in Florida at that time at my Disney yeah, college so program like, internship. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I actually don't really remember. I was not into the news then. Um, I was into like boys and Disney, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't remember it uh, happening, which is interesting, but that's, you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. So you never anyway, know what crazy uncle's going to kill you. Uh, that's true. But it was interesting too, because the uncle or the, sorry, the cousin whose house he went to, no, his no, his brother's no, his sister's so his brother in law, his sister's husband, um, lost his wife and daughter, oh. I think. No, his wife. I don't remember who it is. Anyway, they ended up uh, meeting somebody and, and remarrying and having another 
child and all this kind of stuff. But it was, and they interviewed him years later and just being like his whole life, you know, just shifted and was ruined and it's horrible. Something that is supposed to be a fun little family gathering and thankful event turned sinister quite quickly. I know. So that is the story of Paul, who's an asshole. Yeah. Fuck you, Paul. Yeah. So that's mine. That's it for your Thanksgiving listening. So Brandon, you're up. Oh, I'm going to dive right in. You dive right in. So I wrote this one like I did the Candyman. So I'm going to dive into the middle of the story. On December 1st, 1991, a man named Jose Escoval was at home sleeping when he was suddenly awakened by a knock on his front door. Being that it was the early hours of the morning, he ignored the banging. However, he took note of the red Corvette sitting in front of his house. Oh, right. Like red Corvette. Okay. Um, By 1 p.m. that day, the knocking started again. (laughs) Looking at the door, he sees the same red Corvette sitting in the front of the home. This time, since it was mid-afternoon, he answered the door to see a familiar face. The face of Omaima Nelson, a woman he briefly dated the year prior. Omaima? Yes, Omaima. Omaima was visibly distraught, crying with scratches and cuts on her face and hands. Mm. Frantically, she unraveled this story, alleging the marks were from an assault from her husband that kept her captive for a few days. Eventually, she said she was able to get an arm free and grabbed a lamp that was nearby and beat her husband to death in (laughs) self-defense. What? Uh, she then went on to tell him that she dismembered his body and put him in trash bags. Ooh. So looking for help, she asked Jose for his truck and a hand in disposing of the body. In exchange, she offered Jose $75,000 two and two mar- motorcycles, oh. and he agreed. Uh, whose motorcycles were those? So my next story is the murder of William Bill Nelson. William. So let's jump back a bit. So who was Omaima? Omaima has a very interesting backstory. So Omaima was born in 1968 in Egypt. Um, It was reported that her early years were not the best. Growing up close to the south of the border of the country, her family came from really minimal means. Mm -hmm. And it is alleged that her father was very abusive physically and sexually to her, her siblings, and her mother. As a young child, this is going to get a little bit rough just because this is just awful but as a young child she was forced to go through female genitalia mutilation also known as a female circumcision no why which is a for those who don't know it's a procedure that involves partially or total removal of the external genitalia of a woman for non-medical related reasons it's the clitoris right yeah so they remove the part of the female anatomy anatomy that has all the sensations. Sure. That's also like a cultural thing too. It in is. some countries, so, right? Yeah. yeah. So the practice of female circumcision, I thought it was good to put some information in here. Yeah. yeah. It's thought to have originated in the Pharaonic Egypt and is now like a culturally become a re- religious practice. And you know, for the, you said Pharaonic, right? Yeah. That was during the era of the Pharaohs. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Many feel that it's a way to suppress a woman's desires and sexuality to ensure her chastity. In Egypt, it's very common for women in rural areas or less wealthy households between the ages of 15 and 49 to be circumcised. And nearly 9 out of 10 have gone through the procedure, according to UNICEF. Um, in their research, oh. they state that nearly half of the population believes the practice should be should still be continued. However, there's ev- there's evidence that it's becoming less common. So let's say, so uh, what's the percentage of that thinks it still needs to be? Nearly half. Which is probably all men. 
Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's also known that female circumcisions have no health benefit to a person and can lead to long-term complications like painful sex or even death. Eventually, Omama's mother decided to leave her husband and the abuse, so she packed up her things and her kids this time. Oh, Um, thank you. That was a good choice. And then they headed to Cairo. So as she grew up, Omama started to develop into like a beautiful, petite young woman with what people would say cheekbones that could cut glass. So she was like, she turned into this gorgeous Egyptian woman. Oh my God. Um, By 1986, Omama was 18. She met an American oil worker named Roger Stainbrook. Quickly, they started a romantic relationship. Since they were not married, this was frowned upon. That was the cheekbones. She went, yes, but me, knowing that she went through culturally that she went through this mutilation, mm-hmm. that it wasn't okay that she was sleeping with anybody. So, her mother forced her to marry Roger. So, eventually, Roger's work was completed. And he had to go back to Texas. So, seeing as a way to get out of the slums of Cairo, because Cairo is not the most safe. Yeah, city. Omaima went with him and immigrated to Texas. Now, Omaima was not very happy in the relationship, and it did not last long. Both of them were not happy once they got to the U.S. So within a short period of time, they split up, and Omaima was on her own. Struggling financially and with the threat of having to head back to Egypt, Omaima had to think of of something. She needed to figure out what to do. So Mm. jumping around from being a nanny and a maid, she tried to make money however she could. There was also a moment where she started to model, but the one-time paychecks were not consistent enough. So eventually, she started to just meet men at the bar. So knowing that, knowing her own beauty, she used it as leverage. And, and it's alleged that she would meet older men. They would give her money. She would date them for a, a specific amount of time. Mm-hmm. And they would give her money, pay her rent, purchase cars for her. And she became so successful that she would do this over and over, moving, hopping around from city to city. So after some times, her actions started to get a little bit more aggressive. And it's alleged that she, at least once, but it's alleged that she did this multiple times, that she would tie up and bind these men, threaten them with a gun, and steal their money and leave. So she had a little bit of a rough side to her. (laughs) So uh, in October 1991, Omaima was 23 and she was searching for her next man. When she stepped in foot in the bar that night in California, she set her eyes on a large man playing pool. And at the time, she didn't know how things would, how her life would change from here. So with a height of 6'4 and a weight of 230 pounds, Bill was no small man. He was a 54-year-old ex-pilot, and he was three years out of prison for serving a four-year sentence for smuggling marijuana and electronics to and from Mexico. Oh, Lord. However, from what I've heard about Bill, he was a pretty good guy. People liked him, and after his prison sentence, he switched gears, moved to California from Texas, and got a job at a mortgage company. After some time talking that evening, Omaima started to get very interested in Bill, but it could have been... The way he flashed his cash around, the flashy items he owned, the property that he talked about in the red Corvette he showed her. Mm. So whichever it was, it helped to grow their connection very quickly. So quickly that just after a couple days of meeting, they decided to get married. Um, what? They had a ceremony with an Egyptian priest over the phone. <laughs> and then they went to the justice of peace and solidified their marriage no. within days. So... To celebrate their union, they ended up taking a trip to Texas to meet, meet Bill's family, which was large. Bill had five kids, and he was the grandfather of 17 grandchildren. All for the most part, they liked 
Omaima. However, they didn't understand their relationship. Yeah. She was so much younger than him and younger than most of his children. Oh my goodness. Um, Omaima and Bill had just met, which made them all skeptical about the relationship well, I, in I general. I mean, that would make me skeptical. Yeah. Like However, that's... from what I saw, Bill was a big talker. He was friendly. He was loud and boisterous too. Yeah. So they weren't surprised that somebody would connect him, with like, him. Find like him attractive that. and want to yeah. be, yeah, yeah. By the time they got back to California, it was get, getting close to Thanksgiving. It was just a couple days away, which he was really excited about. It's even alleged that Bill had a phone call with his daughter on the day where he invited her to their house for the holiday, but she declined. Neither of them knew at the time that that was the last time that they would ever talk. Oh, yeah, it's sad. So, oh. okay, so jumping forward a bit, back to December 1st, like I said, Omaima told Jose Escaval this elaborate story of how she killed her husband and she was looking for help getting rid of the body. He agreed, and he said that he would help, but he let Omaima know that he would meet her at Bill's house. So Omaima left thinking Jose was right behind her, but once she left, he immediately called 911 and told them everything. <laughs> so he did not help with anything. Oh, um, so shortly after calling the police, the police found Omaima driving the red Corvette. Being questioned, she denied everything, and she said that Bill was in Florida on a business trip. After some further questioning and a search of the car, the police got a little bit of a shock when they found a suitcase sitting next to her that had human lungs in it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just There's just a pair human of lungs? lungs. And there was like other organs, but there was human uh, lungs inside. Uh, how would Egyptian? And it was a suitcase. It was right. <laughs> uh, oh. it, was, it was a suitcase with a black plastic bag in it, and inside that plastic bag was lungs. Whoa. Yeah, so in shock, she told the police a story that Bill killed someone, and the bag was filled with their body, their body parts. She continued to say that Bill ended up fleeing the state, and he forced her to get rid of the body parts. So okay. she was trying to place blame on Bill. God, how creative. Yeah. From here, the police worked pretty quickly to get a search warrant for Bill's apartment. Not knowing what they find, they at least knew there was a murder, because they found lungs. <laughs> There's lungs in your car. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so as they searched the apartment, they found what I would consider a pretty bad nightmare. <laughs> First, they find more suitcases in the living room, lined with plastic bags and filled with more body parts, like all strewn about, like kind of hidden and stuff too. Making their way to the bedroom, they see um, the bed, all four of the bedposts. I know you. I know you. Right? <laughs> no, I, the I bedroom. Was like, <laughs> I was like, the way I that, the way that me and Kevin made eye contact. We did. I was like. <laughs> I, I was literally like, I heard myself say it, and I'm like, I'm going to keep going because they have not reacted. I was trying not to react, but then Anna looked at me they and I'm like, entered the bedroom. Yeah, I, I wanted to see if you had gone. I got it. The bedroom. <laughs> it's just every episode. It's gonna I love it. I just love uh, it. I love anyways, people that people get to see this party. I know. It's great. I hate it. Okay. Anyways, making their way to the bedroom, they see the bed with all four bedposts broken which made it look like there was a struggle and there was, and at one point somebody was tied up. So they saw like ropes, the bed, whatever. Oh and God, it broke. did she tie Bill up? Yeah. Oh, so no. with further investigation, they see that the mattress was soaked in blood. They see a broken lamp and a clothes iron all covered with blood and human tissue. Oh, um, no. Then they make their way to the bathroom. The next little bit is a little bit rough. So if you're squeamish, just close your ears. Don't listen. They go to the bed, the bathroom, and hanging in the shower on the curtain rod, this, I don't even want to say this part, but I'm going to, they see a hollowed out skinned torso of Bill hanging from coat hanger, still dripping with blood. 
I'm sorry, like his full body? His torso. So he was hollowed from the inside and his chest, everything was hanging. Skinned. Oh, no. Right? So it's, I'm not done. Oh, so, she's such an asshole. I know. Okay. So in the kitchen, it doesn't get any better. Um, Bill's hands were found boiled in a frying pan with oil and pieces of leftover turkey meat. There were pieces of his hips in the trash can with other like turkey and cranberry sauce in there. And they found his head, which looked as if it was deep fried and it was wrapped in tinfoil in the refrigerator. <laughs> well, was she going to have a, 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 fee- a, a one person right? feast? The Yeah. No. I'll get to it. Okay. The police quickly brought Omaima in for questioning. <laughs> why the fuck? Was Hi. Um, why do you have a boiled head or a fried head? Yeah. Thank you. Oh my so God. with literal piles of evidence pointing to her, she knew she wasn't going to get away with anything. So she started to talk. However, her stories were ever changing. At first, she told the same story. She told Jose that she was abused and she acted out of self-defense. Then she claimed she didn't remember doing anything to Bill. However, she woke up and he was dead and his body parts were in the bag. And then she also said that she must have been possessed by demons who told her to kill Bill. However, she didn't really own up to anything. Yeah. The police also wanted to get Omaima physically examined to see if they can back up her claims that she was assaulted sexually and physically. However, at the hospital, the doctors claimed that there was no signs of assault or trauma. I feel like it's interesting that they were like, all right, well, maybe she was assaulted. But I I feel like if I walked into a scene like that, I would be like, I mean, you took it too far. Well, 100%. But they still needed to get the facts to say, okay, did you do this out of self-defense or did you do this? Whatever. Because... I guess it would yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Right. and technically it does. So I'll get to that. They also had a wound expert examine Omaima and confirmed that the cuts on her face and her hands were not defense wounds. The marks were self-inflicted on her face and her hands were from the, the cuts on her hands were from the knife slipping out of her hands. So oh, like no. the idea of a knife slipping out of your hands and cutting yourself. Yeah, yeah. On December 2nd, 1991, Omaima was arrested and charged with the murder of Bill. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly a year later, on December 1st, 1992, the trial started and they had an eight woman, four man jury. So the, the jury was stacked heavily on the female side. That's interesting. Yeah. So at the trial, a lot of information came out. Although there was no dispute that Omaima murdered Bill, her defense explained this elaborate tale of a battered woman which seemed to try to coerce the predominantly female jury. They stated that once they were married, Bill changed. He started to get violent physically and sexually. But they weren't married that long. They right? were not. She stated that Bill would get in, become enraged if Omaima refused to have kinky bondage sex with her. She even said to punish her one day, he threw their new kitten out of a car window. Mm. But what actually happened that day? According to Omaima's testimony, during the trial on Thanksgiving Day, November 28th, Bill tied her to the bedpost and tried to sexually assault her. According to a psychiatrist, Omaima was suffering from battered woman syndrome, which caused her to suffer from PTSD. The sexual abuse paired with the pain from the genitalia uh, mutilation sent her over the edge, which that piece I could totally understand. If she is being sexually abused, that she could just... Snap. Sure, really snap. Sure. So yep. reacting out of anger, Omaima said that she was able to free her hand and grabbed the lamp and hit him with it. When she was able to get her hands free, she grabbed the clothes iron 
and just repeatedly hit him enough where it broke the clothes iron. And she killed him in what she called self-defense. She even said that if she didn't act in self-defense, she believes that she would have been the one who died that day. From here, Omaima said she went into a trance-like state. And for 12 hours, she dismembered Bill's body piece by piece. She cooked his head and boiled his hands to remove his fingerprints. She then took the leftover turkey, turkey from Thanksgiving dinner, mixed the meats together, and put it in the garbage disposal to hide the evidence. Neighbors in their apartment complex even claimed they heard the garbage disposal running that day for hours. To the point where the garbage disposal broke. Oh my God. Yeah. So after the murder, she also told psychiatrist that she cooked her husband's ribs in barbecue sauce and then ate them. However, she later denied that she did that. Once the forensic teams collected all of the pieces of Bill, they couldn't account for his entire body, making, the belie- making them believe that it was true. No. Yeah. Which I'm sure a lot of it also went through the garbage disposal and they whatever, but they couldn't f- account for like, I want to say it was something where like... 80 to 100 pounds of him, if not a little bit more. I mean, that's a lot for someone to eat. Yeah, so, so I'm, yeah. I don't think she ate all of that, but oh ever since then, she said it was not true that she did not do that. So she said the spirits told her to dismember him because if she if he was scattered, which is the word she used, that his, spirits would, his spirit would be able to move on to the afterlife. Because that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so... After the defense finished, the prosecution explained how... Wait, did I get those confused? I don't know. Defense, prosecution. The defense defense the the prosecution. The defense, she's being defended by them. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the prosecution Mm -hmm. explained how Omaima was not a battered woman. Her motives were to kill Bill and steal his money and his car. They brought up her past and how she would take advantage of men Mm -hmm. and even had an ex of Omaima testify that she once bound him, threatened him with a revolver, and stole all of his money. With that testimony, they told a jury that Omaima lured Bill to the bedroom and tied him up and teased him with the possibility of sex. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then she took the iron and just bludgeoned him to death. See, that sounds more accurate. Yeah. Although her story was very traumatic, and it was the jury was eight women who could understand the, the trauma behind sexual abuse sure. and understand the genitalia uh, mutilation, yeah. the jury didn't entirely believe her. So yeah. after six days of deliberating, the jury came back and Omaima ended up being acquitted of first-degree murder on the grounds that there was not enough evidence to prove that the slaying was premeditated. However, she was convicted of second-degree murder. Not enough. And she was sentenced to 27 years to life in prison at the California Institute for Women in Chino. Okay, so they didn't go after any other charges for like the mutilation of the of the body or any of that kind of stuff. It was just second degree. It was that. She also got charged with like physical assault from the ex-boyfriend and a couple other little things. So, the, okay, I don't know what you guys think, but the crazy thing to me is that if you, okay, regardless of premeditation or not, which I think it was probably premeditated, please. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, if she's has a consistent, yeah, um, like she's, if she's done this before in the sense where she's tied people up. Yeah. Them, like she's that, an asshole. For that, sure. Yeah. I feel like the aftermath should immediately be like even worse punishment because yeah. like if you, even if it wasn't premeditated and she ended up killing him and whatever, the, what she did afterwards yeah. Is horrible. Like, uh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Like, 
I understand, and I saw a couple notes um, when I was looking at my research, and people were like, if you act in self-defense and you kill somebody, most people's immediate response is, I need to call the police. Sure. I need to do something about this, not... Let me just sit here and dismember him for twelve hours. That's there. I'm yeah. That. Hide his body parts in different places and try to get rid of it, and then hire try to hire somebody to get dispose of the body. That's like it's not premeditated, but that's post meditated. <laughs> <laughs> like what the yeah. fuck? So, in two thousand six, Omaima became eligible for parole. However, it was denied because the commissioners found her unpredictable. And still thought she was a threat to public. I would agree. Yeah. She then, be- yeah, she then became eligible again in 2011, oh, but again it was denied uh, because she was because she hasn't really owned up to the murder. However, while Omaima was in prison, she started to write men because, <laughs> of course, she sure. did. Yeah. Eventually, she met a 70 year old disabled man, and they fell in love and got married. Oh. I even saw a note somewhere where they had like three day. What is it when they allowed? Inmates to have sex, uh, conjugal visits. Why? Like where they oh, I didn't know they that. allow conjugal. Well, it's not necessarily for sex, but they're allowed to have these like visits, you can touch this, these visits where you get to be alone. I believe with somebody for an extended period of time. I didn't even know they did that conjugal visits. Yeah, but oh. basically, I, I mean, I I just said they have sex. I assume they had sex, but after some time, the man ended up dying and left all of his money to Omaima. <sighs> She will be eligible for parole again in 2026 when she's 58. And if she gets out, she'll be pretty great. She's she actually has pretty young. Some money to. I do not understand this with older men in general. Someone's past and a young woman coming to them and showing them attention that they can't rationalize the past or uh, or rationalize the intention of probably the person coming after, you know, like coming into the. I just I don't. Yeah. And I keep thinking of like Anna Nicole Smith and like when she married that yeah. older guy, but apparently they were in love and she had her own money. But I just don't, I don't, I don't know. 70, like, did he have kids or anything like that? Was he anything like that? Was he? I don't know. There wasn't much information about him that I could find. It's just crazy because if somebody, like, when, I don't know, we'll be together forever and we'll die together, which is great. But um, at the same exact time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, if we end up getting murder, murderer, you have to kill us at the same exact time. Okay, but don't murder us. Thank you. <laughs> I know. But um, if, I if, vote if for that not to happen. But I, yeah, I think that if I were even an older gay man, and let's say, you know who I'm thinking of. Let's say that there was like an 18 year old or 20 up to 25 year old. And I was like in my sixties, I would be like, no, thank you. Yeah. And I definitely would be like, no, thank you. Had I known that you had killed your previous lover and his body was hanging hollowed out in a bathtub and you had lungs in piece by piece and ate his reps with barbecue. Well, it's kind of like an obsession that men have with young women. Oh yeah. It's just like that. Cause that is the, the standard for yeah. women to just stay babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's so disgusting. Yeah, it's me. really perverted. I'm assuming that that's probably a. Th- I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if that's a big thing in the older gay community. I don't know. Oh, I mean, there's the oh. whole twinks and. Yeah, we have all that, but all I just that. don't. I don't know. I guess we've been married for so long that I just don't even think about any of that. Yeah, we're a little jaded at this point. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> I'm into it, but uh, yeah, that's just so fucked up. Interesting. Holy yeah. shit, that so one that's, was rough. That's the story of Omaima Nielsen. Well, I'm which that hopefully that... in 2026 she doesn't get out of it was prison. Oh no, it was here's our yeah. story, and then comes and yeah. So basically, gets... the parole 
committee. I don't know what they do, yeah. but um, please keep her there. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad that you had the intense one this time and I did not. Mine was just like short, sweet, cute. Dumb. No, but it was great. Yeah. Because my last episode was rough and was I rough. was a little jaded, I think, after that. Like, oh, I need a moment to not. I know. Well, that was I great, Bren. Yeah, Thanks for so... sharing that fucked up story. Right. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Brandon, what's our next episode on? Do we know? Yes. Let me pull up my notes because I don't remember what we said it was going to be. So our episode six. Episode six will be Doctors Who Kill. <gasps> doctors Who Kill. Which is really interesting. Which actually. I think we could probably do like an eight part series on that because there's a probably lot. Could. Well, we'll recycle these because we can't just do two murders for one oh, no. category. We'll no, but we'll make the name back, fabulous so. the next time. Even more Duh. fabulous. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a name for every episode at this point. So every episode, every yeah. murderer. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, my first mine today was an asshole. What was Omaima? So I actually have a note on here, but I I have it model nanny murderer. <gasps> she was a nanny. Yeah, but she was only a model and nanny for like a short period of time. So I oh. was like, I'm not gonna even say that. She should not be allowed around children or men, really. Well, I mean, I, she anyone. wasn't killing. She wasn't hurting or doing anything to kids. It was just well because they can't get her money. No. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could have, but. Yeah. Wow. Right. Anna, thoughts? I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I just, the image of the torso is really um, sticking yeah. in my brain. Yeah. yeah. I right. hate it. Thank I you. You're welcome. Too. Well, on that note, if so. you love our podcast, please go rate and review us, specifically on Spotify and Apple. Thank you. And don't forget to sub- sub- subscribe. Sub- sub- you want to try that again? Don't forget to subscribe nice to job. our YouTube, our TikTok, our Facebook, our Instagram. All of the things. And we do want to do, we want your reviews. So at some point we'll run like a little review contest and get you some swag. Right, Anna? Is that what we're doing? That yes. was approval. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll plan it out and we'll announce it next episode. Yeah, we're going to do some fun shit. But we've had some more people purchase swag. So thank you. For now, tell all of your friends to listen. Please. Word of mouth is our God. That's how we grow. That's our Jesus, which we say Jesus. Let's do that. Thank you. We will talk to you soon. Well, we'll talk at you soon. Bye. Talk at you. (laughs)